Welcome to Soap Floor, the official gathering place for the vintage soap opera newbies and novices. We come to discover, discuss, and relive some of the most amazing and outrageous storylines from the golden age of primetime. I'm your host, Jet, a millennial, an 80s baby, a 90s kid, and most of all, a television enthusiast. I'm newly obsessed with the nighttime soap operas I wasn't allowed to watch back in the day. We're watching the sudsiest, soapiest primetime storylines from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. We're paying homage to the bubbly babes and brooding bros who paved the way for the drama we love watching today. So whether you're new to this or true to this, sit back and enjoy because we're watching the good, the bad, the gaudy, and the forgotten. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Soap Lore. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Soap Lore. Hope everyone's doing well. Spring has sprung, ladies and gentlemen, and for most of the continental U.S., that means that it's time to be outside a little more. We're getting back to our yards. We're, uh, depending on where your state's COVID regulations are, probably more gatherings, more activities outside your home. It's time to meet up and hang out. Ironically, it's the same for the Ewing family. They're no different than us. They're about to get together in an episode called Barbecue. Now, before we get into this episode, I really feel like we should acknowledge a couple of things that this show has really, really gotten right. As you know, I was born and raised in Texas, so it hits a little closer to home for me. The accents, I'm a little pickier on the way they dress, yada, yada. So, One of the things I'm really enjoying is that several of the scenes are shot outdoors and it's super windy. That's totally accurate. If you've ever visited Texas, specifically North Texas or the Panhandle or West Texas, and for those of you who don't know, you're probably thinking, well, isn't the Panhandle of Texas North Texas? Yes, directionally, yes, but Texans would consider North Texas to be the part that butts up against Oklahoma, that whole kind of area, that Dallas, uh, Abilene area is known as North Texas. If you're from Oklahoma, you probably understand, you probably feel me on this. The wind is brutal from about March, I'd say till mid to late May. It's crazy, which makes the whole winds of vengeance all the more unnecessary. But you know what? It's soap tax, it's drama. It worked out for the best, so I'm just going to accept it. But there's a few things that they've really gotten right. So the wind in them, I love that they just kind of, they're, they're talking through it. Their hair's blowing everywhere. Dresses are blowing everywhere. And they're just having to deal with it. It's very authentic. And I appreciate that. For the most part, everyone's accent is pretty good. My only critique, and not really critique, it's just surprise. Miss Ellie, she's she's a Texas woman from back in the day. Like her accent would be so thick, but it's not very strong on the show. But it works. Her sentiment gets through nonetheless. Um, oh, and that big, gorgeous hair. Now there's big hair, there's Jersey hair, and then there's Texas hair. Granted, this is shot in 1978, so big hair was probably all the rage, but these girls get it right. They do not leave the house without full-on curlers. I've yet to see a scene where someone's hair wasn't coiffed properly or put up and Big and bouncy, just how women do in Texas. I'm I'm really enjoying that. And last but not least is that whole sort of subtext of being nasty while you're being nice. Like that smiling and oh, bless your heart. Okay, I love you. No one's really saying what they think. They're just smiling through. That's very much Texas. And I'm enjoying, but let's go ahead and jump into this barbecue. 
So let's set the scene. We're at the Ewing barbecue, so they're at the house. They've got uh, probably a dozen or so round tables out in the backyard with tablecloths, beautiful crystal, real forks, real knives, real plates. Looks more like a wedding than it does a barbecue, if you ask me, but I don't know if paper plates weren't a thing back in the late 70s, but it probably has a lot to do with that win we were just talking about. Now, this barbecue seems to have been on the books, like it was going to happen one way or another, but the barbecue is extra special because Pam is sitting on a little secret for about 4.2 seconds. She'd gone to an appointment this morning and she is prego. She's pregnant, y'all. She is with child. She is fertile myrtle. Now, it must be this news that, that convinces her in her own mind that she should reach out to her daddy that day. Decides it's a good day for Jock and Digger Barnes to squash their 40-year-old beef. I mean, after all, they're going to be sharing a grandchild, right? This is what I need to interject, y'all. If you don't hear anything else, this is for all my babies out there. Babies don't save relationships. As exciting and as joy and as joyful as it is to be a new parent, it ain't going to save anybody's relationship. Food for thought. That's free advice for me. So Pam convinces her dad and her baby cousin to drive an hour and a half out to the Ewing Ranch for this barbecue. Now her brother refuses to go. Like he's like, I I don't care who you married. I'm not, I don't fool with those people. Her dad really isn't feeling it, but he's been off the sauce. He's been sober. And I guess he sees this as an opportunity to do something nice for his daughter. He does not want to go. He doesn't. He has no desire to see Jock and the feeling is more than mutual. Meanwhile, Jock has been informed and he's not feeling it either. So much so that he keeps throwing back drink after drink after drink where Digger Barnes decided, you know, I'm off the sauce. Let me just, let me just suck it up. I'm going to show up, say hi, I'm going to get a plate and go home. Jock is like, I cannot believe I'm going to let this man come in my house, eat my barbecue. Oh, he's not feeling it. So he's just basically sulking and drinking. Now, there are several bits of juicy information that are revealed within like the first 20 minutes or so of this episode. Besides the fact that Pam and Bobby are expecting a baby. Once Digger arrives at the house, Ellie is quick. She's on him like that, like in no time. And they're walking around the property and she's basically making amends because it turns out they used to be booed up back in the day. And she lets him know, listen, man, I married Jock because I needed to save this land. I needed to save my family's ranch. Which sounds a little bit incriminating, but the way she's saying it is like, I just need you to know. Yes, I I didn't just leave you because he was a better person. I left him because it was a better, I left you because it was a better opportunity. But I really love him and he really loves me and we have a great family. So I just want to make peace. I don't want there to be no trouble. It is what it is. Mind you, none of the grandparents at this point know about the new baby. Now, considering this man is fighting the urge to drink, he handles this pretty well. But it starts to make a lot more sense. It makes sense as to why there's been this ongoing grudge in his mind, at least on his side, for years. Not only did in his mind, not only did Jock profit from his ability, but you stole my girlfriend. And now my daughter's married to one of your kids and she lives on your land. That's gotta be hard to swallow. He handles it well. He he summons whatever Sue Ellen summoned 
in the living room on her hands and knees in her Miss Texas sash in a bathing suit. He summons that level of poise and he handles himself lovely for a while. I think that's really commendable considering in real life, it's very difficult to to go into a situation you're not really feeling, but it's a sign of maturity and you know, it doesn't always turn out negatively. (sighs) Okay. So as you can see, there's levels to this beef. It's more than money. Despite all that, Digger is holding his own. So right about this time, the party is in full swing. Like there's music, there's wind, there's brisket, there's delicious barbecue, there's free flowing alcohol. You can either go to the open bar and request a drink and they'll whip it up for you. Or you can wait about 30 seconds and one of the waiters who's dressed like a cowboy will come around and you can just grab a drink off the tray. Keep in mind again that the music is playing and by this point it's like everyone has loosened up. They're having a really good time. And the news about the baby is spreading really quickly throughout. Bobby's excited. He's telling this person and that person. It's 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 a good time. Let's just say that it's a time where everybody's on a high. But as you know, in any good melodrama, the winds of change are swift and brutal. It just occurred to me that on Dynasty and Dallas, alcohol plays a very key role in the way that people behave. On Falcon Crest, you would think a winery, maybe not. I mean, you would think they'd be drunk and they'd be influenced by that, but there's never a drunken scene other than Jason that first time. Everybody else stays off the sauce. I say all that to say our good friend Bourbon or Brown Liquor makes an appearance at this barbecue. And I really feel like the title should have been The Barbecue from Hell or Barbecue in Bourbon because it goes down. Now, I highly recommend that you guys go back and watch this yourself. I'm watching it on Amazon about the first season. I don't remember how much it was. Probably like $19.99 or something like that. But it goes down. Barbecue etiquette is out the window. It goes from a fancy party to like a Jerry Springer confession, basically. Our first victim is Sue Ellen. Now, Lucy's walking around the party. Of course, everybody knows. But it's like, you know, she's she's a little devilish. She's a little sly. She makes her way over to Sue Ellen and tells her about the new baby coming. Mind you, Sue Ellen, the last we saw her, she was in her bathing suit with her Texas, her Miss Texas sash on. She was poised. She was glaring at her husband. She seemed to have recovered well. You know, she's got that Miss Texas poise. But the news of this new baby was all she could take. It was too much for her. She goes straight over to Jr. goes off on him, and immediately hits the sauce. Once he hears that Bobby is potentially bringing in the next heir, possibly a boy, he starts hitting the sauce really heavy. Eventually, word gets around. Bobby and Pam decide to tell the parents, which makes Jock stop drinking and Pam's dad continue to drink. This episode goes on, and it turns into... <laughs> One of my favorite moments so far, I literally say that every week, but that just goes to show you how good the show is. It's it's lining up better than anything I've watched lately. It's amazing. Sue Ellen, I'm only going to tell this one part. She's gets, she's lit, right? She's drinking all the sauce. Every time a waiter comes around, she's snatching a glass off. She's drinking it. Well, she ends up sitting at a table with a bunch of older women. Let me ask you a question. 
in any family, in any church, in any sort of organization where there's it's multi-generational. Who, I ask you, who are the biggest gossips? Let's take a little quiz. Is it A, the aunties, B, the aunts, or C, the aunties and the aunts? You know exactly what it is. She ends up sitting at a table with these old ladies and she's drunk, drunk by this point. And she's going on and on about how fine she still is. And, you know, I haven't gained a pound since Miss Texas. I've kept my figure right. I don't know what JR's problem is. It can't be me. I'm attracted, but he won't sleep with me, y'all. I'm not able to get pregnant because JR won't lay with me. It is hilarious. And the ladies at the at the table are like clutching their pearls and they're giving each other side. I was like, girl, Sue Ellen, we're telling all the business. But the moral of this episode is lay off the sauce because the sauce brings out all the secrets you really don't want people to know. Sue Ellen survived a near rape, but the, the thought of not having the first heir or the second heir because Lucy's a first sent her over the edge and she told the entire party basically about her relationship. J.R. got insecure, said what he said. It earned him a punch in the face. Pam's dad lost it the most, you know, and I don't blame him because can you imagine how difficult that is from his point of view? Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But it seems like he's been a drunk his whole life. That seems to be the theme. Like he's always been a drunk and he's never really gotten ahead of it and he's never really taken responsibility. The one time he's fully off the sauce, he goes to his arch nemesis home. He sees the wife he should have had. He sees the land he thinks he should have had. He sees the party. He sees all the things that Jr. holds that, I mean, that, excuse me, that Jock holds that he can never touch. Then he learns that his precious one and only daughter has married one of these people. And she's now going to have an offspring. He's probably thinking, oh my God, she's going to have this demon seed. What if the kid's a jerk? Or what if the kid's really awesome? You know, from here on out, him and Jock are going to be like, well, you know, he got that for me. Now he got that for me. It's a horrible situation and it's just too much. So here's the moral of my story today. If you're ever feeling insecure, don't go to a celebratory situation where there's alcohol because that will always release those inhibitions. Have you ever noticed, think about a a time in your life where you saw someone lose control or let's, let's say this, girls, all my millennials, millennial girls, back in the day when you'd go to the club, And you'd have to take your friend's phone or maybe they took yours because they wanted to drunk dial that guy that only talked to them twice. You can't do that. Don't ever go to an upbeat celebration and drink liquor because for whatever reason, that's like it's like cheerfulness and liquor bring out the saddest part of you if you're not really happy. So if you if you're not really you're not really excited about your cousin's engagement Please don't drink when you say congratulations. Or if you're at the wedding of your ex-fiance, please, first off, don't go. And two, don't have a beverage while you're there. It's hard to keep a poker face when you're <laughs> when you're fully envious and intoxicated. That just seemed to be the theme. Take mental stock of what's going on before you step out. If you don't really like someone, please don't get drunk and tell them how you feel. Just don't do it. We're moving past that, but it's entertaining to see in television. And like I said, liquor always plays. It's basically a character and it's, it's, a, it's fun to watch people morph into something else. I am all the way up to episode eight 
And so there is a bit of a transition from Sue Ellen's point of view. Like Sue Ellen is a little bit different. The first few episodes, she was quiet. You could see that she is, what's the word? She's poised. It makes a lot of sense that she was Miss Texas. She's just trying to, basically, she's been the second woman of the house all this time. I never really clocked that she didn't like Pam, but it seems like she doesn't or she's threatened by her ever since that pregnancy. And so you see her step out and she's become more emboldened. Maybe it was a rape. Maybe it's because she's drinking a little more lately, but it's fun to see her character arc. Liquor gave her the poise and the the, <laughs> the ability to say what was really on her mind. And it was so entertaining. Okay, so before I get out of here, I think it would be fun to go over what are the what are the perfect ingredients for a great barbecue. If you are in Texas or if you're anywhere in the Southwest, I noticed a couple people listen from Australia. Hey, Australia. If you're anywhere where it's super hot in the summer, I think there's a version for us. And then all of our neighbors to the north who get to have trees and streams and cool breezes regularly every day who maybe you don't have to turn on your AC. I cannot tell you how much I envy you. I just can't. But here's a perfect formula. Number one, music. Barbecues should be a fun-filled time. It's a time for neighborhoods to get together or just personal friends. A good soundtrack, a good playlist always sets the barbecue above anything else you do that summer. Two, some sort of water, whether you are lucky enough to have a pool or a lake, or if you don't, there needs to be some sort of um, water guns, water balloons, water hose, sprinkler system. It always adds just another element of enjoyment to a barbecue. Number three, beverage selection. This this was this could be the number one thing, honestly, if I, more even more so than the barbecue, if you can believe it. You got to have a variety. There's always multi-generations at a barbecue, even if it's like close friends gathering, your parents, your friends, whoever. You need drinks for the kids. You need juices, Capri Suns or whatever. You need bottles of water, lots and lots of water, lemonade. You need canned drinks. You don't, I don't ever see bottled drinks at a barbecue now that I think about it. But if that's your thing, go for it. Have everything, sparkling water, uh, White Claw, Budweiser, all the things. Have a variety. Not everybody drinks, but if they choose to, if you choose to go hard liquor, I would wait to bring that out later in the day. That's just my personal opinion. And based on this episode, you'll understand why. Uh, last, uh, last two things, some sort of shade, some sort of awning. If you're lucky enough to live where there's trees everywhere, this is covered. You need to have a place for people to have fun in the sun and then to back off from it for a little bit and recoup. So setting up umbrellas is nice, getting a nice little awning or perhaps renting a place that has both. And last but not least, certainly not least, a good assortment of meat. The best thing about a barbecue is a barbecue is relative. You can have burgers and hot dogs and have a really good time. You could have cheap chicken or you could go all out with brisket ribs, whatever else, pork chops. Just have the food, have the fun, smile, make sure you invite people you care about. And again, stay off the hard sauce. I'll talk to you guys next week. Be good and remember to keep all your drama on TV.